0: Uh, 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 welcome to a uh, very techie oriented edition of rva jerks municipal mania friends not here right now so mania 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 we'll insert one (laughs) 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 heard right here every wednesday at 11 a.m on W-R-I-R-L-P, 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio. Thanks for all the donations, guys. We had the best fun drive in W-R-I-R history with the most donors ever. Richmond and beyond really showed up for us. So I want to offer my heartfelt thanks um, as president of the radio station. Felt like maybe I should put some uh, plugs in there. Anyway... We have three really awesome guests today, and we're going to talk about something that um, has been on my mind for a really long time. I'll tell a quick little story, and then we'll get into introductions. So back in the election season of 2016, I met Andreas Addison, and we had a deep conversation about the state of uh, Richmond's online services for... The public and how it was a major issue for me and it was a major issue for him and I've actually talked to him over the years about you know updating things technology-wise for uh, the city and here we are finally able to see something that really benefits the community. So we will start um, I'll start underneath me uh, with Sam and you can go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do.
1: Hi, uh, it's so wonderful to be here. My name is Sam Schwarzkopf. I'm a comms and policy analyst in the mayor's office, but in that capacity, I get to work with stellar people like your two other guests today, um, the force behind RVA 311, um, and I get to work from basically an enterprise level, helping to make sure our public information, communications, and engagement and outreach apparatus in the city is constantly growing and evolving and responding
2: to need. Hi, I'm Peter Briel. I'm the Director of Citizen Service and Response. We're the department that was created in 2018 uh, to uh, house RVA 311, which is our call center as well as our um, uh, website and mobile apps.
3: All right, Uh, I'm Tina Marie Haney. I am the technology manager for the Department of Citizen Service and Response and the platform owner for rva311.com. And mobile app.
0: I'm pretty excited <laughs> to talk about this. Okay, so are my dogs?
2: Yay,
0: <laughs> Emmett. Let's talk about the internet. Thanks.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have been a daily user of the City's website uh, for. I'm not going to say how long, but since the beginning <laughs> of the City's website. Let's be honest. And also, uh, early adopter of. The, The social, you know, following the social media platforms when the city decided, hey, I think maybe we should engage this way because that's what all the kids are doing. So we should get on that too. And, you know, I guess you don't expect much from it, but you expect some sort of, you know, ease of use. And so I didn't find that for the longest time from the city's website. And so, how did y'all decide now's the time and this is how we're going to do it? What are the changes that have been made? and why so not to not to betray
1: you and and give the number for how long richmondgov.com has been around but it's it's over (laughs) 15 it's over 15 (laughs) years old you know it's it's a product of y2k and it functions like that um so i think that you know with the new administration in in 2016 um, as well as a new slew of leadership across the city that recognized exactly what you recognize, which is that there's there's a level of functionality that we really need to and have the responsibility to expand with a new website that became a priority project. And it obviously had you know, a longer timeline because it's it's a huge undertaking to develop a website for a city of a quarter of a million people that can meet the service need both internally and externally. But we're really happy with the product. Um, It's not not a product from the 90s. It's very 2021. And we're looking forward to seeing how it can evolve to continue to meet the needs instead of being sort of a static tool, as I think a lot of people thought RichmondGov.com was.
0: Yeah, agreed. So how are you? reaching out to the community to get their input about it. Because I know I've interacted with you on social media. Um, Talk about that a little bit and what the opportunities are for um, just the regular old Richmonder to give you feedback.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Well, we've been in soft launch um, for uh, almost a year now. We went into soft launch in uh, in August. Um, And then at that point, people could actively visit rva.gov where they could stumble across it naturally if they were in a Google search. Um, Interact with it, become familiar with it. Uh, And then there's a space where you can uh, file technical concerns with the website, Um, but as usual, you can always use the uh, classic feedback mechanism of RVA 311 if you have any more specific problems with the website. And We're also trying to build out our presence on social media, um, a responsive presence on social media. As you said, you've, we've really ramped up the City of Richmond Twitter, Facebook, uh, and YouTube accounts. Uh, on Twitter and Facebook, we're trying to be more responsive. You know, and I'm doing that, you know, on a, on a personal level, trying to address specific complaints. But you know, we're also trying to answer informational questions from the City Richmond VA Twitter, follow us by the way, um, and uh, just address where people kind of notice a change and may not like it. Um, I think there's a space where we can explain, oh, well, this is why we approached it this way, but your feedback is always valuable and is always going to inform decisions made in the future. And I know like we're a really good example of that because on the equity agenda page we're like, it makes sense to put the engagement opportunity at the top. And that's like a lesson learned in my book um, that when we move forward, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna incorporate that into the design. And thankfully rva.gov is flexible enough that that can be done. You know, I don't, I don't have to send a call to DIT or an email to DIT to ask them to make the change no, the, the subject area experts in each department can make sure that their page reflects what they want the user experience to be.
0: Segue over to Peter and Tina right now and talk about um, RVA 311. So <laughs> the original 311 system, <laughs> I'm gonna be brutally honest, like that was absolute garbage to me, like, it was, and I I, I hate saying that because you know, the original system when I would put something in, it just it looked horrible. It was, and you couldn't come back really and find things as easily. Search functions looking for the stuff you put in, um, things would get marked as completed when nobody had even come out. Like it was a hot mess to deal with. And now I've successfully uh, used it multiple times, and things have gotten Yay. fixed. Like. I haven't had an issue with it since it's been revamped. So let's talk about what exactly RVA three one one is. What's the purpose of it, um, and you know how can people interact with it now? Maybe give a little history on it though too, because you know address some of the stuff I was talking about. Well, that, can uh, sure. 311 so, is uh, different, is to. I was getting ready to just toss it to
3: Peter. So I was getting ready to say, let's Peter start first because he's uh, departmentally over everything. I'm just the geek.
2: <laughs> so um, before 2018, uh, the systems were definitely a hot mess. Um, there was a mishmash of systems that really didn't interact or, or, or integrate with each other. And uh, we knew that. We were trying to find a path. Um, I say we, in the broad sense, I was not in the city until September of 2018. But in 2017, as the city was trying to find a solution for this, uh, AvPoint, uh, which has its headquarters in Richmond, came to the city and offered them uh, the RVA 311 system that you know from uh, July of 2018 launch uh, for free. And we were in, in many ways, kind of the beta testers for that system. It was a new system for them for request management. And uh, the city installed it uh, remarkably quickly um, over the first six months of 2018. And as such, had to make some decisions to implement things that were less than perfect. And we've had to benefit over the last two and a half years of Um, Being able to gather that feedback, do focus groups with citizens and um, look at the data on usage and functionality and best practices and uh, take that and uh, also hire a brilliant technology manager. Um, to come in and uh, continuously improve the old system, and take those lessons and bundle them into an RFP as a gift. Um, the the previous version of RVA 311 expired in December of 2020. So we did an RFP uh, in late 2019, early 2020, and really started doing the heavy lifting of implementation in the fall of 2020 uh, with the launch in March of 2021, and uh, Avpoint, point, the same vendor, won that uh, RFP, um, and um, they were really eager to work with us to build uh, on the foundations of what was a very functional system but not a pretty system and really uh, increase the usability. Tina comes uh, from a, a, a background in usability uh, and um, uh, product management. And really put their heads together on what a new uh, design could be that um, really focuses on um, user experience. Um, we we ran that user experience uh, by uh, focus groups uh, internally and externally to improve the functionality for. Uh, our citizens, but also internally for uh, our internal users. And what RVA 311 is now, that history, is uh, a intake and uh, request management system. So what it does is makes it easy either through our call center or through uh, the portal or, or uh, um, Android or iOS apps to submit a request to see what requests are uh, around you and in the community and to track those requests as they are immediately and automatically routed to the departments for fulfillment. So that is uh, you know, what it does and the departments then respond to those requests uh, and we've created more management tools for them, more internal reporting for them to be able to see the patterns of requests that come in mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, I think just make a much more usable tool for everybody.
0: And Tina, how do you play into all of this? What's your role? As Pete mentioned, um, I have a, a long
3: standing background in usability and product development. So the first thing that I wanted to do when I came to the city, which wasn't until 2019, was to look at this as the citizen that I am, right? So my lens was, I'm a citizen of the city. If I wanted to find how to do something, what? how has this site served me? And that was where I began. And then I reached out and started getting additional feedback from other citizens, sometimes just my friends and family, sometimes people that I would see using it. Uh, I worked really closely with Pete to sort of analyze the data. I worked closely with the internal teams to look at the data and sort of go, is this being um, misunderstood frequently? Are these requests ending up in the wrong bucket because the citizens can't understand maybe jargon that has been used, but not explained and sort of, sort of breaking those barriers down to usability for the average citizen so that we sort of uh, improve that sort of equity of access and make certain that it's available and accessible to anyone and understandable to anyone. Um, And then likewise, we wanted to make improvements to, to allow the internal teams to, to, to have better tools and understanding of, 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 the fulfillment models that they were employing um, and where their processes might need some refinement as well and offering that support as, uh, if they needed that and looking to, to refactor what was already there in a way that made it more citizen-centric, more user-friendly um, and using that information to sort of uh, fuel the RFP so that we could launch into a real development phase uh, of, of how we could take what we had, which was after Ave Point sort of gave us the gift contract, we certainly had a leap forward there, but what we launched in March was, uh, you know, another head and shoulders leap above that. And, and my role was really just as, as facilitator and, you know, um, herding the cats and <laughs> trying to ba- be certain that we adequately tested everything and getting the feedback that we needed uh, so so that the new features and functionalities that we launched in March essentially gave the citizens more of what they were looking for, uh, gave the service teams internally more of what they needed to provide better service.
1: I can just jump in here and say something I love about working with Tina is that she's always asking that question of, is this language that say I have chosen to use as a communications professional, is this language actually serving the user So Tina brings the team like a really high level knowledge of user experience and what questions should go into developing something from just a system to a sentence with end user in mind. I really learned a lot from her in that
2: way. And I would just add to that, that we are... Uh, so Tina and I are kind of odd ducks. We came from the private sector, both of us, and came with a real zeal for customer service um, and a, a frame of mind of continuous improvement. So even right now as we speak, Tina is working on, five, on improvements for five different uh, request types. We are continuously hearing from our citizens, we're continuously looking at requests that were submitted that went to, uh, that were submitted in the wrong request type to understand why, understand how a citizen might look at it differently than somebody uh, in, uh, in government or for that matter from a different citizen um, in order to really get inside of people's heads and understand how they think about things for the sake of making sure that we're queuing things up in a way they can find what they're looking for and it's the right thing Mm -hmm. um and so we're very tightly integrated with the call center that also reports to me i've got a phenomenal call center manager um, alan hampton who uh, lives eat and breathes uh, customer service and empathy uh, every single day and so we hear every day what our citizens' needs are and reflect that back because it can be as minor as a one or two word difference in how you phrase something, how people will interpret and, and, and interact with a system. And we are looking for those little things all the time because they can make an enormous difference in um, how people um, interact with the system in a way that gets them better outcomes.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely agree with that. And that does it leads me right into the next question. How are you, you know, reaching out and getting the word out that there are these changes, right? And responding to maybe folks that aren't understanding exactly how to work things? Because, look, not everybody was raised uh, with the internet in front of them. So um, it does take a little learning sometimes. Uh, How can you help folks with that?
2: So a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, we understand, and it's a mantra for us that not everyone is uh, um, digitally uh, fluent. So the call center is always there. 311 uh, will get you service uh, Monday through Friday, eight to five. If I can put in a plug, um, if if you <laughs> ever have if you ever have questions about um, how to get a request submitted. But beyond that communication of the, of the launch, we did through multiple things. We did it through press releases. We did it through um, uh, a mayor's press conference. We did it through um, uh, earned media. We did it through social media. Um, starting in about a week and a half, you're going to see buses drive by with RVA 311 on the sides. Um, we are, and we did it through community influencers um, and we did it through our council and council liaisons. I've been to multiple um, council district meetings. Shout out uh, to
0: those liaisons.
2: Yes, <clears throat> always shout out to those Absolutely. liaisons. They are very close partners of ours. Um, as they are um, very focused on getting uh, service for their constituents. Uh, um, we're here to help them, and I partner with them on a daily basis as well. And uh, we also made sure that we had a how-to, which is on rbastrong.org, um, that walks people through the functionality and how to interact with it as well. Um, so, And, and then uh, I, I'd like Tina to talk about this, but all of the within the system, all of the information descriptions and FAQs and mm-hmm. helper text that have been a big addition to uh, the interface.
3: Yeah, it it it's uh it's been helpful to get the new features and functionality that let us do a few new things. Um, we we definitely undertook as part of the effort, and this has been ongoing for some time, but. Uh, certainly as we relaunched, to make certain that the instructional and informational text provides, it's like, here's what this request is for. If this isn't what you're looking for, you might be looking for one of these other things and making it readily available to sort of go, here's, here's some other things that are in the same ballpark. We also leverage the um, frequently asked questions that have been prepared by the subject matter experts within each of the departments that we serve, and those can be linked explicitly to each service request so that people can dig deeper should they they choose to. Uh, We had, uh, we partnered with the vendor to make certain that we had fields at each, um, text at each field level that we can add there so that we can indicate uh, here's what information this field is actually trying to ask you for. Um, So that was a a big help for us as well. And then uh, we also had into this particular RVA311 tool we had built in a communications module for doing alerts and announcements and notifications that basically is is brand new for us because it reaches, it it allows us to sort of go, hello, we have something that we really want to tell you. And uh, we were able to do that. And any of our mobile users can get that push straight to their mobile device if they choose to opt into that. And what was... um, Fun for us is that as we launched, one of the very first uh, announcements that I was able to put on our platform was like, "Hi, we are new and we have improved," and here's a link right in the announcement. There was a link straight to VA strong where we had put up uh, the mayor's press conference remarks, some quick video tutorials um, for how to use the new features and what the new features look like, and so forth. So, uh, you know, we've. We've been very excited. We try, to, we try to keep our eyes and ears tuned toward um, what, uh, what channels we have and take full advantage of all of them when we can. And uh, another fun thing to your point about engaging and getting feedback from the citizens, we also built into this tool right at the very top of our little nav bar, a place for people to go and give us their feedback. Mm-hmm. And I weekly go and review that feedback. And I have actually made multiple quick updates as a result of that feedback. When I get that feedback and see that somebody didn't really understand where this could be found or didn't really understand what that was going to, to be about. And I was like, mm, I can fix that with a few, a few little tweaks of this wording. And uh, yeah, so we're just constantly trying to grow and improve. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a journey. But, you know, we sort of we, we sort of like the path that we're on.
1: Yeah, I, I was really excited when I got the call for Pete that was like, got this launch coming up. We really want to do some promotion of it, some education on it, because as a public information professional, I view rb 301 as like the core tool, not just for informing and educating, but also engaging. Like you're going to get a response of some kind to a very specific issue that you may think only impacts you. But like RVA 3-on-1 in many ways is proof that the city cares and the city's listening. Um, But that said, like the launch timeline for RV 3-on-1, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete and Tina, but like there's no sunset because we're going to have to keep socializing Richmonders to these Awesome changes because um, if they don't know about them, then they're not going to benefit from them—at least not directly. Um, so, and that's going to be a similar thing with RVA.gov. You know, it's it's more about informing and educating residents on on how to use these tools and less about you know uh, a very short promotional timeline. It's, it's not neat and clean in that way, but it offers a lot of potential, which is exciting.
3: Absolutely, and it is an ongoing evolution, and yeah. and we we hope to continue. You know, one of the the newer features um, will allow me to build out over time uh, translated text for um, you know non English speaking communities, and so that's you know an exciting advancement for us, and we're looking forward to taking advantage of that, and that could lead us to additional feedback from other communities because we're able to. You know, uh, reach out and and hear from those communities in ways that we we weren't we weren't before. Um, so we'll be able to to take that feedback and continue to grow and evolve to to meet the needs of all of our different constituents across the city.
2: And, and if I could just put a plug in real quick, when we talk about um, helping educate people on how to use the system, one of the things that people click through often very quickly that we've actually put in an incredible when i say we i mean tina has put an incredible amount of effort into are the descriptions of the requests at the beginning of every request so when you select a request and hit next you're going to be you're going to see a res- description of the service that this request supports and we know that city services not just in richmond but everywhere are confusing um, and um, that people really need to understand there's a huge difference between a sinkhole and a pothole a sinkhole goes to one department and a pothole goes to the other and if you submit it in the wrong place it's gonna go to the wrong place and dead end we put very we are very careful and very thoughtful about this is what this does this is what it means this is uh what the next things that happen will be and if you're looking for something else here are some other options that will really help you get the best service possible by explaining what it is you're submitting. And people who submit things blindly are likely to have a poor experience because they didn't understand what they were submitting. So I beg people, we really try to give you as much information as possible to get the, to give you the best service possible. If you, if you'll just read those.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate the care put into accessibility. Like, all of that is really nice to hear. And I hope that citizens appreciate all of that effort too. And then take the time really to go through all of that and figure out how the best ways to explain their issue, concern, need, um, you know, there's a big difference between a pothole and a sinkhole. Actually, I have a sinkhole story real quick. Um, <laughs> when I was living <laughs> over on West Grace at around the, a- the Allison area. Um, oh my gosh, I- I'm not going to tell you how many years ago it was, but it was before y'all. Um, much further for you. I said I had a sinkhole that opened up outside of my garage. And um, when they came out, they said, no, this is a cave-in. And I was like, and so that's
2: the same thing. But (laughs)
0: Okay, thank you. Because that's what I said. I spent way too much time arguing semantics (laughs) with someone about it. And I feel like um, hearing you talk that maybe we won't have that same issue, but now it will be, you know, the options for you to choose between this, this, and this, what's happening. Right. It make right. it much easier for just like a regular old person like me, who's like, yeah. there's this giant hole that opened up and I can <laughs> see all the way down to the earth's core. Please help me. Well, <laughs>
2: Please go I, help. I, I'll share a story as well. Um, <laughs> when, when I started in September, 2018, as a coming at this from a citizen who lives in the city, I looked at a lot of our requests and I was like, I don't know what these things mean. Um, Accurate, and and we actually went back to all the departments, uh, and you know we've got 70 requests in the system. So this this took a while. We probably had 50 then. We've added some, so this took a while. But w- we did kind of the five whys. Like why do you call it that? Why is it that? Why again? okay, what you really mean is this. We're going <laughs> to put it in plain English because you have these guys who are incredible experts and there is technical terminology for these things and God bless them that they exist and can fix things. But then we need to be that translator and having RVA 311 and the conversations we have about, now, how would you explain that to somebody? Uh, and we force those conversations and it connects them to the citizens in a different way because yeah. they start to see ah i need to communicate this differently so that they understand what i'm saying and i understand what they're saying so it's it's had this secondary benefit um, that is really not apparent to anyone if you haven't walked through this experience in the last two years where you get these great technical minds going okay maybe i can explain this in a way that's a little clearer and we force that through that. Here's the text that we're gonna put up. If you didn't know about this, your field, we don't understand this paragraph, this paragraph and this paragraph, could we offer a rewrite and you tell us if it's accurate. And it's been a great interaction for us to connect our, 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 our city experts with our citizens.
1: And at the same time, we're able to acknowledge, we're able to be the conduit and acknowledge we know that technically there's a difference between a sinkhole and a pothole, but to the untrained eye, there might not be. How can we simplify that distinction and like Pete said, translate it so that people can easily navigate for themselves the difference between the two? And I think rv.gov is actually forcing a lot of those same conversations. And I'll use the example of the, the budget hub You go to arrigovernor slash budgethub. uh, It was an initiative that we did to kind of prepare the city for the unveiling of the mayor's budget proposal. Um, And it's really education oriented. It's not very advocacy oriented. Um, It has some graphics that break down what a proposed budget is versus the approved budget um, that, that show what the timeline is from proposal to approval and adoption. Um, And it took those conversations with our brilliant math-minded budget team where I, as a non-math person, had to go to them and say, look, I don't even know the difference between approved and adopted. Explain it to me like I'm a third grader because in this area, you know, I effectively am. Uh, And so I think that's where public information staff come in. It's like forcing those conversations internally and we both learn things from that, right? And then we can translate that into the public resources.
3: Yeah, it's it's very difficult no matter what the technology is for the citizens to be able to use it if they can't understand it. Mm-hmm. And and it's gonna it's gonna lead to a sense of frustration internally uh, with our teams when they're like, why would they send us this? And it will lead to frustrations with the citizens when nothing really quite happens or it doesn't happen quickly as or as quickly as they want it to because it's basically over in a different bucket because the the language wasn't clear
0: yep makes all the difference one word can make (laughs) a user's experience totally tank like yes it doesn't take much that really doesn't (laughs) that's so sad but it's true (laughs) it's true Well, um, Sam, I want to touch on the Twitter exchange you and I had about the, uh, the equity agenda page. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I really actually enjoyed and was uh, excited about was the feedback options here. So you can go onto this document, click anywhere in it and make commentary, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like a Reddit style. So you have the original comment and then you have the option to reply back Mm-hmm. And add to this yeah. conversation in this one specific part. But also, if you didn't want to say anything, but you wanted to voice your support or dislike of something, you could thumbs it up or down. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, so, what brought you to that sort of feedback? Uh, you know, you. Exam- sure. Yeah. Well, collection the- is what I'm trying to say. I think like feedback collection uh, option.
1: I gotcha. For the equity agenda, you know, we had this draft and and our vision for it was very much that it should be a foundational document, not for just the next four years, but the next decade or so. And this sort of reckoning with equity and inclusion that Richmond has to make after last summer. Um, And I think everyone on this call can get on board with that. And it's like trying to actively channel that into their daily objectives. Um, But to be a foundational document that is gonna inform the trajectory of our city, it has to include community voice. What we didn't want to do was put any limits on it per se, because it's a very like open, it should be a very open conversation because the topic is so broad. Like how do you want Richmond to actively become a more equitable, inclusive city and in doing so result in a population that, that can thrive regardless of past injustices or in knowledge of past injustices. Um, that's not really like a conversation that you can limit to a survey or to a public comment period at city council. I think there there are some conversations, um, some projects and initiatives that just require a simple type of feedback. This decidedly was not one of them. So we decided to use Conveyo, which as you said, has this awesome tool where you can literally just upload a document. You upload the PDF and you say, have at it, tell us what you think. Um, it's like sending your draft thesis paper to a quarter of a million people and saying, give me your copy edits. Also tell me (laughs) if my thesis is wrong, right? (laughs) And I think, you know, we're in the middle of collating and analyzing those comments. Um, I think we found the thesis is correct. People people want a more equitable city, period, like full stop. Um, But based on the volume of comments we got, the diversity of comments we got, um, including those ups and downs, uh, people have different visions of how to get there. And that's beautiful. And we knew that was coming, which is why we designed it this way, to be as open as possible. And like, just speaking frankly, as an introvert, sometimes in a conversation, I wish there was an up-down button. I wish there was a vote-up. Every
0: day, all day, (laughs) if I could just go this, that, or like, you know, that would be (laughs) up-down. Yeah,
1: you'll frequently hear me being like, oh, yep, seconded you know, period. And I think we need to give that access to, to efforts like this because it's valuable, you know, individual comment is valuable. I think it's also really valuable to know when there is consensus on something, at least between the participants themselves.
0: So in the last, you know, section of time here, um, it's kind of going to be a free for all because I'm no expert at this. I'm still kind of digging through the new stuff too. Um, and I, I'm definitely a layperson. I,
2: <laughs> I don't understand.
0: <laughs> I don't understand half of it, but I'm thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you want to talk about that we haven't discussed, each of you, about your particular areas in regards to um, all this new stuff that's been going on at the website with 311? With Just go for it. Talk to me, talk to us about what's new, what's going on, what's the ongoing future plans for accessibility and technology when it comes to city services. Mm, Pete, you want to go first?
2: <laughs> um, I think the overarching theme for me is one, one overarching theme with three sub-bullets, and that is um, democratization of access whether it's access to information or access to services. Uh, I never want somebody to have to go through the blue pages and know exactly what department they need to be able to get the service that they need. Um, And I never want them to have to know somebody, uh, whether it's one of our council members or they still have Joe's phone number who was kind enough to respond to them in the past. They're going to keep calling Joe about everything um, or, or, or what have you that easy access to whatever you need, whether it's service or information or education, we want to make that um, available, accessible, and easy. I could go on forever, but let me stop there.
1: I definitely agree with that. Um, Every day I go into work, I want to make the trust gap between residents of Richmond and their local government just a little bit smaller yeah i know that that trust gap has been informed by literal centuries of decision making that has not centered people who need access and have been denied that access to go back to pete's point Um, but i think that with a dedication to building trust and acknowledging that residents of richmond are you know intelligent consumers, individualistic, intelligent, empathetic, compassionate consumers of city services who want to learn more about their government? Um, you know, starting from that understanding is how we're going to very consistently be able to close that gap, even if it does require you know some systems overhaul and some changing to the way that residents think about the city and the city thinks about its residents.
0: Yeah. I don't think people realize that there actually is kind of a social justice, you know, bent to having, yeah. You know, accessible, you know, routes to city services and, you know, their representatives and everything. I don't think people think about that when they think, Oh, rva.gov, new website. Yeah. I think actually access to information
1: is the core issue of equity in this city. Because if you've been raised on the internet or you know, if you've been raised with the impression that I can pick up my phone and call my council member at any time, and they'll care about what I have to say, that's a privilege. And you might not recognize that. Not everyone is in the position where they can exercise that, that power of information and of access. And we wanna both level the playing field, but also uplift segments of the Richmond community that have been actively disincentivized from interacting with city government before. And that, like Pete said, goes back to accessibility. What barriers can we tear down to both huge hubs of information like rva.gov, but also very specific, personalized ways to have your needs met, like our Bay 301.
3: Yeah, gosh, those are such great points. I'm not certain that I can add anything as profound as that um, from my geek perspective here. Um, But I I, I do hope that the tools that we've been launching can sort of help equalize access. Um, You know, we, just by virtue of adding the, improved web platform, the improved mobile app, which allows us to extend access to a 24-7 model versus you've got to be able to call during your normal workday and take time to be on a phone with someone. We give a different channel for them to be able to act, you know, if they are a shift worker or something like that, you can submit something to us at three o'clock in the morning and and you know that's going to get routed to the right department because that's what the technology tool does for them. Um, and also, you know, I hope that it helps to improve the communication and insights that we are able to have internally as a city to what mm-hmm. this, the what the constituents are looking for and what they need by 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 having this technological tool that gives us data. Uh, and as a technology person, how we can utilize that data and understand where are the hot spots, where are the needs the strongest what can we do for our internal teams to sort of provide them that lens so that they can sort of see that and 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 take that under discussion or advisement and potentially make some of their decisions internally uh, about where to focus or utilize resources and take that information into uh, consideration when they make those decisions. So you know it, I hope to utilize it as a communication tool. it's not as it's not as fancy as the equity agenda where you can just click anywhere and tell us anything that you want to tell us, but the data that people do send to us still tells us a story. And that's an important story. And I'm hoping that we can leverage that.
2: And I think overarching all of this, you'll see uh, us in the digital and non-digital realms be more purposeful in trying to inform, educate, and engage. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the tools are a great enabler, and in mm-hmm. in some ways they they help us focus on those those three themes, um, in a much clearer way. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the delivery of service, um, or the the you know God we got to get the next press release out onto the website. But the root of all this is give give let our citizens enable our citizens to be informed, educate where there's complex issues, and and create ways for them to uh, engage with us.
0: Well, thank you all so much for joining me today. And also, thanks to your teams for working so hard to make um, RVA 311 and rva.gov happen for us. I really appreciate all the hard work of everybody involved, because obviously, it takes many pieces, parts to make something like this go off and also appreciate all the feedback that you're accepting from the public. Before we close, shout out, you know, the websites, the social media uh, tags that folks can interact with. Just let us know how we can uh, get involved.
1: Yeah, please um, reach out to us on social media. We're actively trying to be more responsive and we've really bolstered our presence um, in the past year, especially like the pandemic has caused, has forced us to do that. And we're grateful for that growth. Um, So on Twitter, we're at city Richmond, Richmond city VA, Um, let me just make sure that's right, Melissa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. do it all the time too. I'm like, doo, 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 doo. it's this. <laughs>
1: so, so on Twitter, we're City Richmond VA and our name is City of Richmond VA. We are the only official Twitter source for news and info from the city. We're also starting to pose, post opportunities for you to engage and More often than not, those link back to rva.gov, which is our new city website. Please visit it, explore it. Um, It has all the same information as richmondgov.com. So everything you can do on richmondgov.com, you can do on rva.gov, but hopefully faster and more easily. Uh, It's also more visual, which is rewarding. And it's also definitionally more accessible when it comes to um, people with limited English proficiency um, and are deaf or hard of hearing. So check out rva.gov to explore your newest city resource for anything you might want to know about what your city government is doing.
3: And you can check out the new web portal for citizens at rva311.com. Uh, And that's where you can submit requests for anything from potholes, alley repairs, to private inquiries, which protect your privacy, of course, around your personal property taxes or uh, zoning or code enforcement type requests. Uh, So uh, we have over 70 different requests that you can submit there on rba311.com or you can download the mobile app for free in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. So we have an iOS uh, uh, and an Android version of that. So, um, And each of those have the same requests available for citizens. And you can actually even register a profile on uh, either of those platforms so that you can uh, consistently track the requests that you submit and sort of continue to get ongoing status updates. The new um, functionality also allows you to upvote other people's requests, which we encourage versus submitting duplicate requests, which don't help you, I promise. They don't help. (laughs) Um, You can upvote others' requests and you can follow others' requests as a way to sort of uh, follow along with areas of concern that might also concern you, but not actually submitting a duplicate request. And then I'll let uh, Pete speak to the call center, which of course is always available uh, during the weekdays as well.
2: Sure, just uh, uh, one last thing on the uh, portal. Uh, Transparency is also a core part of informing. And so if you go to the insights tab on the portal, you can look at all of the requests that have been submitted and uh, opened and closed for the last 13 months, um, uh, citywide by your district or by your neighborhood. So if you want to see what's going on, what's been requested in your neighborhood, you can see that as well, with the exception of private requests like finance and, and social services. Um, and you can always call us at uh, 311 uh, or
1: 804-464-7000. I have to say, Tina, I do most of my like requests around my home privately um but i do love to file a public request when i'm out and about and it feels very pokemon go you know but like city (laughs) services nerd it's very fun
0: potholes gotta collect them all
1: yeah yeah (laughs) there's a light out
0: here there's a light out there i know Yeah. It's 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 like a scavenger hunt. (laughs) Well, it's nifty because
3: the new platform uh, actually in another attempt to avoid duplicates, which basically just bogged down our internal teams trying to Mm -hmm. reconcile all that. Whenever you are geolocated and you say, I want to report this pothole, it sort of says, oh, by the way, here are three other potholes within a tenth of a mile of you. This might have already been reported. So I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that citizens will pick up on that and and start to leverage that so they can go oh somebody already told the city about this particular one so i don't need to and then you can go give it it an upvote and say i am also concerned about this horrid pothole so (laughs) we could keep you all informed but i'm so glad that um we've been getting some very positive feedback about the new interface i do think it is a little more delightful to use which as a product owner i'm very excited about and um I hope our vendor team will forgive me for, for, you know, how, how often I stood there with my hands on my hip and said, "Mm -mm, nope. (laughs) Yeah.
0: you're. We had a very good time. (laughs) The attention to detail is appreciated. It really is. I'm so glad. Thanks y'all so much for taking the time to speak with me about this today. And I really hope that our listeners benefit. I I know they will once they get into it. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks Thanks for having us. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Thank (laughs) you. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode of RVA
1: Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. You can also find us across all social media at RVA Dirt. Talk to you next week when we have Democratic primary candidates for Richmond's Commonwealth's attorney, incumbent Colette McEachin and challenger Tom Barber on the show.